Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Sam Gilstrap. That name's got a ring to it like a wedding vow. And here we are, back where it all started, in the humble Star Wars love and abode of Misdemeanor Elliot. You were there for our first recording that has since been lost to the ether. <laughs> Missy, how the hell are you? Hi, Sam Lamb. Hi. <laughs> you excited to be here on the Ghost Lights podcast? I am. It's, I guess, like... Riding a bike? Yeah, it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, once, you, but it, it's it's more like um, riding an electric bull. Like once yeah. you get on, you don't want to get off unless that's the idea. Uh, well, yeah, there is that, but let's hope you can hold on for. <laughs> yeah, double entendres. Let's go for round two. <laughs> Woo! You gotta hold on for at least eight seconds. That's right, at least eight seconds. Making love to me is like a heavyweight fight. It's scheduled for 12 rounds, but it's going to end early. So here I we are. I can't say the same for myself. Oh. Oh. Oh, snap. Hey, oh. See, we're already starting. We're not even <laughs> We're not even through our first bottle of the official sponsor today. I should say our unofficial sponsor. Mm -hmm. Governor's Bay Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Mm, it's mm. delicious. It is delicious. It was named New Zealand's Wine of the Year. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. Bam. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, Missy. Ah. Uh, yeah. Sam. Let's do it. Let's hop, let's hop right into it. All right. What what could you possibly have on your schedule? What's like what what do you got going on? Right now? Yeah. Um I You're just like chilling at home right now, so yeah. probably not a lot. Yeah, like enjoying a Friday evening mm. with my friend Sam. Woo! But are you talking more in like my artistic? Yeah. Like, what do you got? Future? Like, future? Yeah. Like, is there anything we need to be paying attention to? I know you just closed Men on Boats. Men on with, Boats with the Catamounts. That which is was awesome. Fucking amazing. That's that right. entire experience. What was that like? You know, it was just a collective group of women that got to go on an adventure and have so much fucking fun. Mm -hmm. You know? And there was no like, how do I want to put this like societal, like social norms and like us having to fit in as a woman uh -huh. in the journey of the story. It, it was just, yeah, a bunch of ladies, but telling the story of a bunch of dudes <laughs> that navigated the grand Canyon, you know, mm -hmm. like mapped it out. I mean, how it was just fun. It was so fun. And that group of, women just supported one another from day one. That's great. So, That's yeah. great. Often I, I think I think there's this uh there's a stereotype of like but like family guys got this joke. It's men, we know how to be friends. <laughs> Which that's Seth MacFarlane's joke and, and sometimes it is a popular opinion that like a group of women hard to get along with. That wasn't the case with this. No, not at all. Was it the was it the piece and the message that that helped bond you or was it just your, this is a room full of talented women. We're all out here crushing it together. I think both, but definitely uh, part B of that statement for mm. sure. You know, I mean, Jerry Henshaw was the one who put it so correctly when I was like receiving that casting email. Jerry said, Oh my gosh, it was like opening your first present present on Christmas day. Nice. You know, because these are many, these, this collective group of women um, I have known for 15 years mm -hmm. 
And most of the time we're auditioning for the same roles, you know? So then to just have an even playing field and watch every one of us bring our strengths to the forefront of the piece and tell the story and just support one another 110% was, I mean, I, I think I told this to Amanda Mm -hmm. that this will probably go down as one of my top three theatrical experiences ever. Awesome. Yeah. That's, those, those experiences are few and far between. Yeah. What do you think contributes to those experiences? What do you think of the, if you're, if you were going to make it in an oven, how do we, how do we come up with a perfect theatrical experience or at least one that we remember and cherish? I think it, it starts from the beginning from like true insight from the director, knowing how they want to tell the story to every person involved in the experience creating a room that is full of compassion and understanding hands down Mm -hmm. because there's going to be many times where yes, it may be the director or yes, it may be the actor or the designers or wherever where where you might fall on your face and be like that choice didn't work, but at least I'm in a room surrounded by people that understand that and support that and desire that. Mm -hmm. And it's also okay in the rehearsal room to go, you know what? I, I don't know. We need to figure it out together. Yeah. You know? And I, I just think you mix that all with the individual minds of every artist that, that brings their best. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can that not be a recipe for success? True. So. That's great. Yeah. Nice. That's my insight. Hmm. <laughs> so we wrapped it, you wrapped it up two weekends ago? Or um, last week? Oh my gosh, last weekend. Last weekend. Yeah. So it's only been a week from it. Uh-uh. And you've yeah. been yeah. you've been rehearsing and working on The Pink Unicorn. The Pink Unicorn. With Is Toto that- Tea Theater Company, directed by Susan Miles. That's my right. first time working with this theater company and with Susan as a director. Um, in this format. I've done stage readings with her, but uh, we've never done a play together and it's my very first one woman solo show. Oh my god! Yes, looking. I'm fucking scared. <laughs> Missy, more scared than nothing. I, mm, okay, I am a Jedi. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Get it right. You are a Jedi. What? What? What frightens you about the one woman show? Aside from you're the only one out there. Yeah, that <laughs> exactly. You know, and um. And I am breaking the fourth wall in this one, you know? And so there's that like final element that won't lock into place and will never really be the same um, because the audience Mm -hmm. is my scene partner. Yeah. You know, that and the word, the words, it's so many words. It's so many pages. Yes. I'm right in the thick of learning my lines right now. How many pages? 48. I think, I think we timed each act at about 45 minutes. Damn. Is there a lot of action for you thus far? Or will that, do you think will that come later? Um, or none at all? Action in regards to. Well, like, I mean, just like, are, are you moving or is it just like, like uh, what, so what are you doing? It takes place in my dining room and kitchen. Are you, but so you baking? I, no. You're just sitting there having a glass of wine talking to the audience? Having tea. Mm. Um, but. The location of the story goes from like her talking about being in church to talking about being at a bar, yes. yeah, I'm sitting in a pasture, 
Yeah. Wow. It's going to be fun. Yep. I just got to learn it. (laughs) You've got time. November 1st is when the pink unicorn opens, right? Yes. And where's it going to be at? Um, 1245 Champa Street. In the Denver Commons, I believe. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That little second floor venue that the Antona 2 has been using. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. It's going to be a fun little spot. Parking's going to stink. So get there early. Get your parking wrapped up. Or, hey, Cap City, you're welcome. You could go and have a pre-show cocktail and dinner at Cap City Tavern. Park your car there and walk because it's like a 10-minute walk. I love it. Everyone, every actor in town loves Cap City. 13th and Bannock. It's not even that long of a walk, folks, especially if you've got a nice little warm feeling inside you. And for those of you that don't drink, there surely temples are to die for. <laughs> I just love product placement and my rap horn, so I had to throw it in there. <laughs> Aside from that, you've got some relatively big news you feel like sharing with us today? Um, I'm moving! Where are you just going down the block? There's a studio apartment that's off for rent for like eight fifty. Eight fifty, God, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, no, I'm moving to Los Angeles. Woo! Yeah, L.A. City lost souls. <laughs> Here I come. Or found souls. Yeah. This sounds like when you've talked to me about this trip, it sounds like something you're really excited about. I am. I am. It's definitely it's a new chapter. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm ready for a change. Mm. Yeah. I love Denver. It doesn't mean that uh, I can't come back. If you need me to submit a video audition for a show that you think that I should be in, mm-hmm. I'm a phone call away. That's right. And it's and it's not even that long of a drive. Maybe a night at Lake Tahoe and then you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I think it's 15 hours from Glenwood Springs. 18 hours from Denver, I think. There you go. Yeah. So you can do it in a day. Yeah. That just means you guys got to come and visit me too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll be there for sure. Yeah. You got things lined up or you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants? Or do Uh, you want to share that? uh, No, I don't want to share that. Uh, Rubik's Cube. Yeah, Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube. Awesome. Moving on. So the first time me and you sat down and we did this, we had our good friend Jovan Bokern in here. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was our first test run at what is now the Ghost Lights podcast. Yep. We sat down. We had a conversation. You were baking. It was nice. It was homey. And uh, we've we've fine-tuned and locked in a couple of things. So now we've done our homework piece, Missy Moore, theater, being an artist. How did it happen to you? I don't think I really had a choice. (laughs) I always like to say... Um, that the auditorium was my babysitter. Mm. I mean, my parents met at Heritage Square Opera House, which is now no longer in existence. And um, shout out to Wendell's and Bob. Moore. Yeah, Wendy and Bobbert, Wendell's and Bobbert. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and gosh, 1972. Yeah, and my sister was born in 76, and I followed thereafter, and um. Uh, my mom then got hired to be the drama teacher mm-hmm. at Summit High School and retired many years later as a principal at Carbon- or Carbondale High School, Roaring Fork. Um, and they 
were involved and ran the backstage theater in Breckenridge mm -hmm. in some capacity, either as artistic directing or acting or directing for 22 years. So that's my home theater. Mm -hmm. I grew up there and the theater bug just hit me very, very early on. And it's something that I always found myself going back to and wanting to continue to do. I found a lot of joy in it and I continue to find a lot of joy in it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have a choice. I tried to be a gymnast that didn't work. <laughs> you know, I played basketball and then I thought to myself, well, at five foot four, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have a career in the WNBA. Yeah, it would be a little tough. Yeah, I did track and I was like, why am I running? This is Nothing's stupid. chasing me. Why no, am I running? I will run during the zombie apocalypse and I'll probably lose and become a zombie. But yeah, running for fun, that's much. You just got you got to know where to run. They really hate hills, so find a hill. They're like bears in the respect that zombies are. You just got to run up, run uphill, and then at a at a point where you've got some space, do a sharp back turn, and their ankles will snap, and then they're immobilized. Oh, and so while they can continue dragging, they can continue pulling themselves with their arms. They they can get locomotion that way, but they're a lot easier to just deal with at that point in time. You just want to immobilize them at the very least. But what happens if you come across zombies that are in like World War Z? Those are fast motherfuckers. Those are really fast. And I do I do believe that when the zombie apocalypse comes, we'll be dealing with that type of zombie, if not right off the bat, after a couple of years of zombie evolution. So in the interim, it behooves all of us to try and get it into as good a shape as we possibly can. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, I guess that means I should start running again. Maybe. Just think <laughs> of the zombies chasing you, and you'll be all right. Try to run with a katana blade. Right. And you should be fine. That, yeah. Then I'll yeah. be like fucking Michonne and Walking yeah. Dead. Like, yeah, motherfucker, just chop off your jaw and then chain you. <laughs> so I can walk amongst the zombies. Badass. Right. That, that's, how, that's how Missy would survive. She'd just be a total badass. I'd try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Sauvignon Blanc, bitches. <laughs> it's in my glass. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, another exciting project that Ooh. I have on the horizon is I'm doing Life Sucks at the Aurora Fox oh, after yeah. the first of the year. Very cool. Yeah. So um, just because I'm moving, it doesn't mean it's tomorrow. It's probably mid-June. So we've got time. Yeah. We've got time before the Cap City send-off. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe someplace else? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, we'll cross that we'll cross that drunken bridge when we get to it. Yeah, I got I I have to learn a one woman show first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not even worry about it. Do you want us to check out early so you can get started on lines? Um No, we're not gonna do that. So I was gonna say <laughs> Well, all right, it was good talking to you. It was, it was a fun time. Um, it was fun while it lasted. Thanks. No problem. That was a whole eight seconds. Oh, what? Oh, see, I Bring told it you. Back. I Bring told it you. Back. Um, I'm sorry. Please don't laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a nickel, I would have enough to pay for therapy. Well, especially if you're in a peanut strip. That's right. Doctor is in. Thanks. Let's let's share, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so what are the things that you fell in love with as a performer? I mean, you're talking about being there and that it's it, it's around you all the time. But, Missy, what are the things that turn you on when you've got a script in your hand? Like, or, like you're one of the more, I'll say, effervescent souls of 
Colorado stages. Like every time you you're, you're like you're like a club soda with lime. <laughs> you're just so pleasant. And you and you That's get so sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. No problem. So what what are the things that get the bubbles going? Um, I think that's going to sound so cliche, but um, hey, it's a, it's a love, podcast about theater. It's I all cliche. I love the story. Yeah. I love the story and that I have this skill set and I've developed a life and a world for myself where I get to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some, where I'm, like, some stories where I'm like, oh, one day, one day. And there are others where I'm like, well, that one day has passed me by. Mm-hmm. You know, but then the ones that are just right for you. And I think my favorite part, like performing wise, is that moment where you're afraid to tell the story because you want to do it justice. And then that's where the the hard work comes in, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and then there's that moment after setting the script down and locking it in where you go, wait, I got this wait, I got this. Mm-hmm. And then it's the breath that one puts into it at that point. And it just becomes natural. And you're telling the fucking story. Mm-hmm. How, how do you get to that click to steal a theater reference? What, what's the, it, what it kind depa- of work It depends into? on ev- everything. Yeah. It depends on, Again, like I said before, with like men on boats, what that perfect recipe was like many times you don't have that perfect recipe. Mm-hmm. And so you have to rely on like a different skill set or, um, yes, it's unfortunate to say that I've been involved in some projects where the director didn't direct, you know, and, and you have to be able to rely on yourself as an actor and have full faith mm-hmm. that you can do it. Because it, if you lose that or when you lose that, I think the magic dissipates. Yeah. You know? Um, one thing that I teach my students from day one and I have taught for years is don't forget that it's just a play. Mm. You're putting on a play. So don't forget to play. Yeah. You know, yes, it's hard work. Yes, you challenge yourself physically. You make yourself exhausted. But let's hope at the end of the day, it's because you love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You're not just grinded for a paycheck. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, especially in, I mean, for, for actors like us that have day jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get, it's nice. Some of us, sometimes we get paid weekly. But the vast majority of the time, we get paid at the end of the run. And yeah, and I think that's one of the hardest parts about being, but about being an actor in Denver. And I'm going to be honest, and I, this is I'm talking from 15 years of experience and choosing to be non-equity because I wholeheartedly believe that yes, I can sing, yes, I can dance, but I think it's difficult to be an equity actor in mm-hmm. Denver. Yeah. Now, if I was interested in pursuing the regional circuit, for sure, hands down. But my life has not led to that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely local. But it's hard, yeah. you know, when you're like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm going to be working, like, anywhere from four to six weeks of a rehearsal process. And then you have 
you know, an additional month to upwards of eight weeks where you're working, but you're not taking in any money, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just wait, like you're waiting for that closing where you're like, woo, I'm going to finally get my paycheck yep. and just pay off bills, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting. I, I do, I do feel like there has been a shift though with particular companies that are um, paying you on opening night, mm-hmm. half of what you make. And then on closing night, half of what you make. And yeah. that really does make a difference. It really does. Um, yeah. You're not coasting so much. And yeah, I like to say white knuckling it. There was a time like when I was just recently where if it wasn't for the theater gig I had probably would have been like I had, I had family support, but I was really close to being on the street. Yeah. And you know, like that, if it wasn't for the family, but there's also this theater job that I almost walked away from mm-hmm. because life was so freaking difficult outside of theater. You're like, whoo. Yeah. And I think case in point, I know that I said Rubik's cube before, but I think that's also, um, something that is propelling this next chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I work really hard. Yeah, you do. I do a lot of shows a year. And in addition to being an actor, I compound that with directing. I compound that with teaching. I compound that with freelance coaching. You know, I mean, in addition to being a bartender and a server, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, and the cost of living in Denver has increased fivefold. Yeah, and it's not going to get cheaper. No. So I have an incredible opportunity out in Los Angeles to go into the next decade of my life. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Mm. Um, 23, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I am. (laughs) Um, I don't know why we're laughing. That was right, right? Yes. Yes, you were. Yes. 23. (laughs) I'm a 23 year old with an old soul. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, (laughs) And she effervesces yet again. Yes. Like soda pop. Club soda. Club soda with a lime. Mm -hmm. So funny. Um, That was a better description. Like you're like a Mike's hard lemonade or a Zima. A Zima. I'd have been like, I've never even had one of those. Yeah. Don't worry. No one has. How funny. Wasn't that like the 90s? I think so. It was definitely the 90s. It was a long time ago. There were commercials on TV that made me think, is Zima like a, a, a soda for weird adults? And it, it kind of is. It kind of is. Oh, Ryan, some more of this delicious. Governor's Bay. Governor's Bay. Our unofficial sponsor tonight. Damn, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Might as well finish it off. Yeah, like, might as well. Yeah. There Ta-da. Cool. So we're talking about the grind. <sighs> yes, the grind. Yeah. And, and you have worked really hard. Was it, was it hard to come to that, like, in, in regards to this next chapter that you're going to embark on? Was it, were you able to come to the, like, I've worked really hard here it's going to be I, I would like to not 
kill myself so regularly going forward. Was that a hard coming like realization you've had? I think it's something that I'm still processing Mm. actually. Um, I love being an actor. Yeah. I love Denver, but I think I'm at a point in my life where I want to, yes, continue working and hitting that grind as hard as I do, Mm -hmm. but reaping more benefits, the monetary value that I think my creative Mm -hmm. instinct and mind deserves. And maybe to, to not be on your feet for eight to 12 hours when you're not doing theater work. Yeah. Well, and I always promise myself too, that by the time I got to a certain age, I would, Yes, I would no longer be in the service industry. Nice. But aren't we as artists always in service to the audience? I guess it depends on how <laughs> you want your art to be perceived. Oh. Are, are you doing a service to the story, a service to yourself? Mm-hmm. Like what, what need and desire are you fulfilling in that moment? And I guess that's maybe the everlasting fucking question. <laughs> oh man. Is that like the never ending story? Ori la 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 Good times. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I'm gonna miss everybody a lot. What are, a lot. What are some of the what are some of the tales you're gonna hold close aside from like men on boats? What are some of the what are some of the challenges and stories you've been a part of that you're like, yeah, no, that's 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 going in the album. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say, I mean, yes, I have favorite performances that I have done. Um, but I think the thing that I'm like going to hold the closest to my heart are the personal experiences that I had with uh, – individuals Mm. you know i mean and some of the people that i'm gonna have to shout out right now is like rick and patty uconis i mean their unwavering faith in me as an artist like across the board as an actor as a director as a fight choreographer as a friend you know like yeah they just believed in me, Josh Blanchard and Chris Allman. I mean, the opportunity that they had given me with ugly lights of bone and noises off and Boeing, Boeing and don't dress for dinner. You know, like, I mean, they just said, yeah, you can do it. And we want you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's just Kelly and Andrew Ulenhop, mm-hmm. those two brilliant, vibrant souls. Yeah. I mean, you, Sam Lamb. Oh, thank Lil, you. Lil Peter Morello. Lil fucking tripod. Hose down. What's up? Yep. Peter, Us. you know exactly what we just did. That's right. You know, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the stories that I was willing willing to dive into with amazing artists. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss that the most. The- well, but, as you were saying, it's not it's not over yet. No. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, and I have to give a fucking shout-out to Stephen Burge. I love that man. <laughs> I love that man. 
and every single one of those women on men on boats. I mean, like these are ladies that I've known for so long, but did I really know them? Mm. Nah, yeah. I knew some better than others. You they're know, professional but, acquaintances. I mean, we all have those people that we see at every audition. Yeah. But now they're like, they're fucking friends. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. But it's just, it, it's interesting how, I guess I find the closer that you get mm -hmm. to the age of 23, the knowledge you gain mm -hmm. <laughs> by the stories and experiences you mm -hmm. have, you know. Um, a lot of people like to like to shit on the 20s, like the early 20s as being a time where you don't have a lot of knowledge. But if you're, if you're paying attention, if you're open, like Missy is, <laughs> 23 is a time of great knowledge. Great knowledge. Mm -hmm. Growth. A wealth of experience. By Turn, turning the chapter. Mm -hmm. Turning. Mm -hmm. Turning the page. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wash the hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Simpsons reference. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. What else, Sam? Keep asking me questions about theater. What Let's do you want do to it. know? So, I, one of the things I really wanted to know. How, do you, is there a bigger influence in Wendy or Bob? Or has it been mutual? Like, I know Wendy's directed, so maybe she's influenced your directing style more. And I know Bob, I've seen he's been a performer more, so maybe you get some of his stuff from him. Has Mandy been a humongous influence, an influence at all? Hmm. Influence is such an interesting word. I mean... Aside from them being the people that, you know, fed you and put a roof over your head. Yeah. Um, I mean, they influence every choice in my life. Hmm. They're my family. Um, I've had the wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be directed mm -hmm. by my mother many, many times yeah. across the board in children's theater and drama and farce, um, in musicals. Yes, I have done some musicals in my time. So have I. <laughs> um, not to poo-poo it. I think it's a brilliant art form. It's not my art form. Um. Same. Yeah. Um. My mother is fucking smart mm. and intuitive and so kind. And my best friend. I call her every day. <laughs> I talk to my mom every day. Did you call her yet? Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I actually called her when I was driving home from work to come here to meet you. Nice. Um, yes, yeah, so yes, she has influenced me. You know, my father is an amazing performer. Um. His story as a performer is crazy. You should get him on a Ghost Light podcast. Oh, you, should, I got you. you should get both of them. What Actually, I want to do. That would be hilarious. I want to do the weekend trip and then yeah. just like go up there. You know, my, my mom would have a glass of Pinot Grigio. My dad would be like, got some Jameson on the racks. My man. Yeah. Bobbert, we're making it happen. Um, You know, my dad, though, like he's an, he's an amazing actor and he's so fucking funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just got a. a He's just fucking smart. I mean, I yeah. guess that's all I can say. And Mandy, like, she's a baller. <laughs> There's no fucking around mm -hmm. with her. And when you're involved in a family like that, how like how can you not support one another in what you do? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's our philosophy. Um What was so, it like in the house? Like as kids. 
oh my god, Manny and I fought like cats and dogs um, early on. But then I became her dance partner, and she liked to drop me a lot and then say, Missy, don't cry. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, I won't. It's fine. Um, we've always been tight. Yeah. It's it's the more fam. Yeah. You know, like, I don't really know how else to, like, describe it. We've. You're going to say subscribe. I did. Yeah. Almost. Thanks for pointing that out. No problem. That's what I'm here for. Love you, Sam Lamb. Love me too. Oh, like, yeah. Love you too, miss. Thanks. I really felt the love at that moment. Mm -hmm. It was like eight seconds. Before. Yeah. So tell the story. <laughs> Don't start fighting with me now. We, we, we're doing this. We can do this all night. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. So with that, with that in your pocket, those experiences, that type of family unit, you talked about you know, telling the stories. What are the things that scared you about theater when you got started? And what scares you now? Well, I think when I first got started, I mean, when I first got started, it was like, oh, my God, theater's fun. I love it. Uh -huh. Yay, I get to tell stories and play, you know? And then it was like, oh, wait. Wow, I'm choosing to go to college and get a degree in theater with an emphasis in theater performance and like really study the craft. And then you kind of get out of that and then you're like, wait, oh, oh God, I got a degree in theater? What? And then you're like, fuck, do I take the master's route? You know, and I, and I did. And I actually ended up getting a uh, first alternate for Hillbury Rep, like, 12 years ago. Hmm. Almost moved to Detroit, Michigan to go to grad school. Wow. Yeah. Big up, big up to the Motor City. Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But nobody dropped out of the program, so I didn't awesome. get to go. But it's all right. Yeah. Um, probably the best. I, I think that there's always an element, though, of fear and being scared, you know, because one of the things that I, I think, and I might be, uh, I'm not finding the right words. Um, I always find it to be interesting, interesting when people are like, oh, you're an actor, mm -hmm. you know? And I go, yeah, you know, it's like me going, oh, you're a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something that people don't really understand what it means to be a freelance artist mm -hmm. is that you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. You're always looking for the next paycheck. You're always looking for the next show. Unless you happen to really hit your stride on Broadway mm -hmm. and you have eight years, eight shows a week. Like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Do I want to do a show eight for eight years, eight shows a week? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And so there's always that element of, like, being on thin ice. Yeah. When it comes to what I find to be scary about mm -hmm. theater in general. The other scary part is like fucking putting yourself out there. I mean, like, yes, I can play this part, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, God, when I did Ugly Lies of Bone and getting out, I remember reading the play and the very first time I threw it down to the ground. Both plays? Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I don't have a skill set to mm -hmm. do this role justice. 
but I did. And I guess that's the thing that like keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Just the fear and the desire and, and the want and the need to do it. Aside, but, aside from like the, listen, you get cast, you say yes. The, maybe you sign a contract right on the spot, depending on where you're working. So maybe you don't actually get a contract. Anyway, <laughs> aside from that obligation piece, what got what gets you picking up the script again? I mean, curiosity. Curiosity. Hmm. To see how the story. It's the story. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I mean, I I did Bengal Tiger. I, I remember. And I, got, I remember. And I got to the end of Bengal Tiger, and I was like, "There's no fucking way I can get to that place." There's no way I can get to that place. I threw the script down, I think, five times, each time in tears, because like, I'm not there. I can't. I'm not good enough. Fuck it. I'm not fucking good enough. But, okay, so why did you keep picking it up? For me, it was because I couldn't let... Like, I So much of what I do is obligation. I can't let other people down. And by the time I got into the rehearsal process and really starting to do it, and, you know, I had, I had a very very good friend helping me get off book at the time. So I got off book early and had the support, but I was terrified. And it wasn't until I started asking myself the questions that I needed to ask the 13 year old Sam that I was finally able to get to a place, but where I was like, Oh, I got this. Mm -hmm. I got this, but it was still terrifying every night. Yeah. Degree. Yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. Other than Isabon, I mean, Jesus. Mm. I played a third-degree burn victim. You Which, know, like in and of itself, getting into costume must have been a bitch. It wasn't a bitch. I mean, it it, it became another element of this brilliant art form mm. and storytelling. You know, like Todd Debrasini is a master at makeup design. Mm. And then, you know, makeup design has also been a passion of mine. I used to teach it at the Aurora Fox for teens years and years ago. Oh. Um, so to be able to sit in that dressing room by myself and listen to the music that I wanted to listen to and take this prosthetic that was built over my face, you know, like I sat in silicone plaster for 45 minutes, breathing out of nothing but a slit in my mouth, you know, like, mm -hmm that in itself is an experience. And then being able to extend with an alcohol-based makeup, the burns going out and under my costume. And it, 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 it almost became kind of the emotional journey that my character needed to go through in, in order to start the show. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, those are, those are always some of the my, my favorite shows is when there's a little bit of time before my character's entrance and the time, the things that you needed to do in order to get there. Yeah. Like when I was Pazzo, I loved sitting in costume because it made me feel so pretty. And Pazzo, when he comes out, thinks he's so pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm so perfect. Don't you love me? And so I, was, I would get to that place where I've got somebody like painstakingly putting my hair in pin curls putting on the, the wig, getting it the angles right, and then putting on the right amount of spirit glue. Oh, that's not enough. And then getting the contacts in and then the the whole regalia, like looking at that process take unfolding. You, you can't help but walk upstairs 
to a room full of amazing actors and still feel like hot shit. Like, mm -hmm. y'all bitches ain't got nothing on me. Because yeah. ultimately, when it comes down to it, that part is yours. Yeah. It was given to you. You earned it. Yeah. You, you, you took the moment to breathe life into that character. Yeah. And that's also, I think, one of the most amazing things about this art form is every time a play is done, whether or not it was produced here or produced there or produced there, it's just going to be a little bit different because it's got somebody else's idea, yeah. somebody else's breath, somebody else's operative word. Mm. You know, like, case in point, Warren Sherrill's direction of Death of a Salesman at the Edge Theater Company was so good. Mm. Kevin Hart... To a T. I mean, I have done the show three times. Mm -hmm. I've seen it five, you know, and nothing against Arthur Miller. Yes, he's an iconic playwright, but yeah. sometimes you get to these moments where you're just like, all right, Willie, can you make it happen already? Yeah. And I remember sitting in that auditorium thinking to myself, wait, it's over? Hmm. I've, I've never seen this story told this way. Mm -hmm. And it was very much like Germinal's um, production of Long Day's Journey in Tonight mm -hmm. with Erica Barello and Zach Andrews. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's moments like that, though, that, like, inspire me, again, as mm -hmm. an artist, you know, when you're like, that's how you tell a fucking story. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one thing to it's one thing to see it. It's another thing to be involved in it yeah. and be a part of it, and to know too that you have the skill set and the ability to tell the story to that level. Yeah. Like I'm getting all passionate. Oh my god! Thank you, um, Governor's Bay, Sauvignon Blanc, unofficial sponsor. No, that, definitely, indeed. Thank you. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm the same. But I mean, I saw um, two Ed shows that's that come to mind. Um, Beauty Queen of Lanon and um, Jerusalem. And I was just sitting there going like, at the end of the show. Jerusalem? Yeah. I was waiting for the goddamn giants. Yeah, yeah. I literally was like, where are the giants? Are they coming? Yeah. And if anybody has not done themselves a favor, go and see an excellent production of Jerusalem. But uh, I don't think Mark Rutledge is on to bigger, better things. Yeah. So is Huggy Drone. Indeed. But yeah, I was just sitting there, just spellbounded and thinking, this is theater. I, I want to do theater like this. Yeah. As an actor who'd been doing it for like 12, 13 years at the time I saw those productions. I was like, fuck. I think it's funny having reached the age of 23. Yeah. Now having the knowledge that it's okay that I don't need to audition for everything. Mm. That it's okay to be picky. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow though. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's also a hard pill to swallow when you choose to say no or walk away from something that doesn't feel right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel though, it, I, I have a, Maybe it's just a, a a bitter sauce pill that I'm swallowing. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe I'm just being bitter. 
You want a bitter sauce pill? Yeah, I took a. <laughs> I, I turned down one show, and then for the rest of my time, I could not. I couldn't get into that theater by the people who ran it. I couldn't. I, I couldn't get in, and they threw certain successes in my face. And if it wasn't for one director doing a show there, I wouldn't have been able to work there. In like, six, like it took. I think it was like four years since my last show there. Yeah. <laughs> and and so. There are, so I think it's been, for me, it's been at that point, I'm like, Ugh. now I need like, and I'm in a show now that's closing tomorrow or Sunday. And I was, there was a time where I tried desperately to get out of it. And then I felt like I was too eat, too deep into it and yeah. I couldn't leave. And it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, it was just, it just served as a reminder how every experience on stage serves some form of being a learning experience. Absolutely. As it should. Yeah. And it's, and, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is plan ahead. Don't find yourself so into the woods of what's my next project. You got to be an active professional. What, you know, watching all the season release dates, who, what's coming up, yes. when are they posting auditions? Is that going to work with your schedule? Do you want to do those three shows back to back to back, even if the schedule aligns? Do you want to put yourself through that? Can you put yourself through that? And that's the biggest question. Can mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. and I find also at the ripe age of 23, Yeah, I'm getting tired. I, I can't imagine. I've been, I've been 30 for five years now and it's it's killing me like yeah. my knees don't move nearly as well as they used to like I, I, I do Kentucky cycle and midway through the ties that bind I find that my voice is just running ragged and I got nothing left I'm like hey I've only got five more minutes of ties that bind and I don't have to talk anymore <laughs> for the rest of the part one and I'm just uh, yeah yeah yeah, but it's also, there's something about that tiredness that is so rewarding. Yeah. You know, where you're like, I did it. Mm -hmm. I fucking did it, and I'm fucking tired. And you're like, wow, I have no personal life. But damn, I got a professional life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are my favorite times. It's like, but the best example I can give now is like, the second I'm done with Abe Steinman in part two of the Kentucky Cycle, which is been the number one favorite part of this process for me is like finding that character and sitting in that. But I, the second I get done, we go into intermission. I'm like, I can sleep for days now. Mm -hmm. and that's mission accomplished right there. Yeah. There's still another act. <laughs> uh, damn you, Chuck Steinman and your shitty mustache that never stays on. <laughs> the entire time I was just playing with my face everybody at home um, check the YouTube video that there will not be to see me play with my face um, he did just play with his face mm -hmm. indeed I did he did it here let me clear off a spot for you Thank kind you. of move yeah <laughs> for all of you ladies out there that's right I'm sure you can imagine <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sure they're all like oh well, let's turn this off no, <laughs> Sam's a sexy fucker. That's Any right. Any ladies, lucky, lucky to have you. Woo! Holla, holla at me if you got my number. If you don't, um, 
Just poke me on Facebook like all the catfishers do. You get your hopes up for like 30 seconds. And you're like, oh, no, she's way too pretty and a stranger. They're all <laughs> friends with like the same guy, too. So then I know it's fake. Because they always have one friend that you have in your in your your vast catalog of friends on Facebook. And you're like, no, you don't exist. I can't remember the last time I've been poked on Facebook. We should poke. Let's poke her tonight, everybody. <laughs> send me a poke. Send me a poke on the social media. Let me know you're thinking Woo! about me. What? Yes. <laughs> Not a double entendre. That's a real thing that you can do on Facebook. Look it up. <laughs> I think you can. So what is Return of the Jedi as good or better than The Empire Strikes Fuck Back? You. Empire Strikes Back all the way. Really? How so? Because it goes dark and it leaves you hanging and it's the center of the fucking saga. Okay, okay, when you look at the trilogies, trilogies, not the not the saga. I apologize. My terminology yeah, is the not saga correct. is now 8 movies long. Yeah. But then you, but nine but if you count you Rogue three, One, and I do ten if you count. Well, no, home. like Rogue One's more like three point five. Truth. Yeah. True that. Um, Empire Strikes Back, though, all the way. Okay. Shit goes fucking down, man. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't know, like oof, that Death Star. Hmm. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like the fucking. Ugh, the Jedi is they're not doing so well. No. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yoda. You know, I mean, you can spoil the movie now. It's okay. No, I know that. Okay, but that's like my overall feeling. Like, <laughs> it's Empire. all is that exactly. But which is cross? actually really funny if you look at the prequel trilogy. Uh -huh. It's the third movie that's the best because you get to see the fucking dem demise of Anakin. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no more Jar Jar. Mm -hmm. There is that everyone in Ghost Light Land. Yeah, there is that. There's the no Jar Jar. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, it's the Jedi who are evil. <laughs> no, Hayden, no. Yeah. I don't know. I am actually really ashamed to admit, though, that I have yet to see the Han Solo movie that came out. Don't be ashamed. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, All right. Totally I don't feel that bad then. Yeah. I'm sure other people have, and, and please get at me on the on the comment section. Is Han Solo worth my time and money? Redbox well, tells me he's a fucking no. scoundrel. Yeah, but Redbox is telling me no. Like I've heard things like Donald Glover's playing a, a, a cliched stereotype of Lando, and I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? I know, right? The guy who fucking fucking sings this America, like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah. Come on, right? Donald. That's the name of the song, Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, feels like summer. Yeah. Yeah. This is America. This is America. This isn't Cloud City. This is America. Yeah, Cloud City is not a real place. It's what? It's, what? It's imaginary. No. Okay, it's in a galaxy long, long ago, far, yeah. far away. That's right. That's right. There you go. Which is one of the things that always made me laugh about. I know I'm not the only one to have this thought, but I'd be like, it was like, was it? Was it in the future? Is it in the future? Maybe I have to go back and read the books. Oh, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So then Earth, where we are now, is like... so. Maybe we are the future. Or fuck, are we the past? Oh, God. I really I hope. Know. I really hope we're not the future. It's 
Especially with fucking Trump. Yeah, don't be stepping on my stop button there. Zulu. We got a little cat that's walking on the keyboard, just like cats do. <laughs> yeah, checking yeah. it out, saying, hey, just so you know, this is my home. Yeah. By the way, that's my grandma kitty, my 15-year-old. Zula Lou. I love her. <coughs> that's Sam meowing, not her. No, no, definitely not. That's her. Yeah. Talk to me. I, I brought it up. I always feel like Rogue One is the quintessential Star Wars movie. It's so good, but it's so dark because you see the entire Rabbi Alliance get, like, Rebel Alliance get, like, fucking... Did you say Rabbi Alliance? I did. The awesome. Rebel Alliance get fucking annihilated. All these Jews, oh, they're just dying everywhere. <laughs> Why you gotta point it out, man? Because it's hysterical when you think of it. The Rabbi Alliance. I would love to see a Star Wars spoof with the Rabbi Alliance. Like, where where were you on that I'm one, sure Mel that Brooks? Could probably, I know, Mel Brooks. I'm yeah. sure we could probably contact him. <laughs> <laughs> like, Spaceballs needed a Rabbi Alliance. Like, come on. That would be funny. The Schwartz. No one gives me the Rabbi. The rabbis. <laughs> I did it now. No one gives me the raspberries except Lone Star. Lone Star. <laughs> Mm. And barf. Oh, barf. <laughs> John Candy, big ups. May you rest in peace. Yeah. Coke fiend. I don't. I don't know if he was addicted to coke, but I, it, I think he was. You think? I think he was. <laughs> Sorry, Abe Simon's coming out of me. I know. Yeah. Pink unicorn. I have to do a Texas dialect. Texas dialect. Yikes. Mm -hmm. What is what the pink unicorn? I think it's about a, a dildo. Am I wrong? <laughs> one-woman show about a dildo. Thank you, Toto 2 Theater Company. Here, you can get your tickets at... Uh, yeah, and Toto2.com, brown paper tickets. So seriously, <laughs> is it... It's not a play about a dildo. All right, well then, if you if you stop listening now and went to go get your tickets, I'm sorry in advance. Do if you want to know what it's about? Yeah, tell me what it's about. I Sell play, this thing. I play a <laughs> single mother who lives in a small Texas town who lost her husband to an unfortunate car accident three mm. years prior. And she's a single mother of a 14 year old and her 14 year old a week before they go, or she goes into um, high school, tells her mother that she identifies as gender queer. Oh. And so it is the mother's perspective of this journey and what she learns and what she learns about herself, what she learns about her daughter, what she learns about the gender continuum. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful piece of theater and fuck. I hope I can learn it. I bet you can. That, that was not nails on the chalkboard, but I can understand if you got the cold chills. <laughs> <laughs> so, misdemeanor. Yes. At this part of the podcast, we always ask this one particular question. I love it. Ask away. What is that ghost light that you wish was left on for you? A piece of advice before you got out there? Or what's that? What's that saving grace you're looking forward to in the next chapter? What's that thing you're going to hold yourself to? I think that's a good way. That's a good ghost light for us. What's that thing that you're like, I'm not letting go of this, and this is going to get me through? Hmm. 
Wow. Hmm. Honestly, I feel like that is literally a question that I am going to have to meditate on and get back to you with. But what is my ghost like? Yeah. <laughs> I could go to the comedic route and be like, oh, God, all the fucking sweat I'm left on stage. But... That's not very funny. <laughs> no, it's not. I know. Um, what is my ghost light? Mm. That's a great question, Sammy. You can even go back to like, what do you? What's a, what's a common refrain you use when you're teaching your students? It's a play. Just don't forget to play. The theater is your playground when you are an actor, a director, a designer, a thinker, a ponder, a storyteller, a dancer. Mm -hmm. Let the theater be your playground. Absolutely. That's my ghost light. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Ghost Sides Podcast, episode 33. You are Missy Moore, our first official official repeat guest like we had rachel graham back to back last week that was all one big conversation that i think we needed to have and i didn't know how to broach the subject earlier on um and then after that i posted a repeat episode or not a repeat but another episode with kenzie kilroy but we recorded that on the fly very guerrilla style wasn't supposed to be the official repeat guest so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you that were the first episode is yeah.